Mini episode 1403 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Welcome to mini-episode 1403 of the FDH Lounge. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here with our Yellowstone episode 4.3 preview. Here's our top five notes coming out of the two-part season opener. Number five, Beth and Rip now have the kid to replace the ones that they can't have. Carter has a chance of becoming the next Rip in terms of the ongoing history of Yellowstone. That reason, plus knowing that Beth can't have kids of her own, probably helped John to be fine with bringing the young man in. Number four, Tate had to kill a man. We'll see what that does to his psyche. The attacks at the end of Season 3 extended to the ranch and Tate showed that he was his father's son by saving his mama and blasting one of the invaders right to Kingdom Come. He and Monica were very sparse throughout the first two episodes, so the after-effects of the young man's actions are yet to be seen. Number 3. Jimmy's alive, even if he's dead to John. Rumors abound that he's about to move to Texas for the new 6666 spin-off series and possibly taking Walker with him. Jimmy's girlfriend was very supportive of him and his recovery, which is the least she owes him since she's approximately 100% responsible for what happened to him. Number two, the list of suspects for the attacks remains wide. A possible perpetrator was nabbed at the Indian Casino, but we'll see if his info is truthful. Caroline Warner has come to town to replace Rourke, who was memorably killed by Rip, as the tip of the spear for market equities, and she not only means to continue the battle against John, but to enlist the tribe in her efforts. Was her company responsible for the attacks, or was it Jamie, which Beth suspects, but of course she does? Or now, there's another theory postulated by John and Casey that the militia might have acted of their own volition. That seems unlikely, but the Beth brothers in Season 2 aligned with one of the militias that then got wiped out by the Yellowstone crew, so maybe this is vengeance of some sort. Otherwise, it would be completely random for a militia to declare war on Yellowstone right in the middle of all of their other problems. Number one, miraculously, everyone lived. Well, except Rourke, but that was subsequent to the attacks, and he wasn't a permanent character. Good thing Casey keeps grenades behind his desk at the Livestock Commissioner's office. Two sex machina, anyone? And somehow the bomb blast that savaged Beth's office blew out windows and caused major damage but allowed her to walk away with manageable injuries? Okay. And John and Casey faced major machine gun fire, but each suffered, again, only manageable wounds to their torsos? Okay. We're not complaining that everyone lived, because there's so many stories still to be told with these characters. But it's a definite false alarm to deliver an attack that is supposed to represent the gravest threat the Yellowstone has ever faced, and every major character miraculously defies death. We'll see if threats to main characters can continue to carry weight after this point, or if the audience has been conditioned to believe that everyone will always survive. Thank you for joining us for this mini-episode of the FDH Lounge.